are back, Melissa and Chad here with another episode of Our Human Experience. And today we wanted to touch on this idea of education versus implementation. Um, and I think that the conversation started, well, we've had a number of these conversations, but recently the conversation started when uh, Melissa and I were just talking about what people are seeking in terms of trying to improve their health or their relationships or their careers, whatever it might be. Uh, they're, they're searching, it seems, for education, for tactics, for tools, strategies to try and do this, to accomplish whatever this goal is. And where most of us fall short, myself included, is the actual implementation of whatever it is you're trying to pursue. And I think that what I'd like to talk about today, or what we'd like to talk about today, is really the difference between those two things. I think it gets misconstrued a little bit, and I think people don't necessarily take the time to, to recognize the difference between the two. Um, Melissa, would you say this is something that is you know, a, kind of a non-existent problem that you see? We'll go on both ends of the spectrum. So it's a, a non-existent, yeah. not really an issue, or chronically, like almost everyone has a problem with this or somewhere in the middle? Uh, I'd probably say somewhere in the middle. Uh, I mean, new clients coming in, definitely, uh, this is one of the main things we talk about on their discovery call. It's one of the main things we talk about like early on in their coaching. Um, Being implementation? What they know, okay. what they've seeked out, right? So, um, you know, asking specific questions about things they've tried, what they've heard. Um, and we do our group calls for our clients, and this is kind of the stuff we do where we bring up a topic and let them come with questions and then kind of debunk it or look at, you know, what's true and what's not. Um, but I think that most people coming to us for coaching and most people that we talk to, they are seeking, I think, what they think is education. Um, and then they want they want the problem is they want it to be a, a quick fix sure. right so i think some people genuinely want to learn and want to be better and i think some people seek out this stuff to see what the next magic pill is going to be right what what's going to be the thing that's going to get them to where they want to be yeah so well i think it, I, I think it's valuable to point out uh, when we when we use words like they or uh, most people, we are 100% including ourselves. <laughs> if there's a fucking magic pill out there that's going to get me everything that I want or, or one strategy yeah. or habit or tactic that's going to get me feeling energized and healthy and strong and, and good relationships and, and level-headed and focused, like if I could just do one thing, fucking A, I would do that thing. Mm -hmm. and, and I wish that, that it was that simple, but the reality is is that uh, we are complex beings, both physiologically, emotionally, spiritually, cognitively, we're very complex mm -hmm. and everything's interwoven. Um, and, and I think that's, it's a common thing for, for individuals, ourselves included, to be seeking this kind of silver bullet scenario where if, we, if I just learn how to eat this way, or if I just learn this type of yoga, or if I just focus on understanding this type of breath work, like that's going to be the key. Yeah. And I think that stuff's valuable because it, it opens a lot of doors and it brings a lot of interesting ideas to light that maybe you didn't pursue. So I definitely don't want to discourage people 
from oh, no. seeking I think, out I think, strategies and information and yeah, education. Yeah, but there's a, there's a balance and a fine line between, you know, consuming more just to consume more um, and not actually, like, implementing any of it and mm-hmm. actually holding yourself accountable or having someone else hold you accountable to actually doing any of it. Um, and then finding, you know, the line between, like, what are you consuming that is actually helpful and then what is not, yeah. right? Well, and I think I want to... I want to put a little bit of a pin in this because I definitely want to come back to it. What you described is um, at various times for me very much indicative of my personality. I'll I, I get shiny object syndrome and I'm looking at different stuff and I find something and it's, I'm genuinely interested in it. Um, and I'm interested not only for my own personal use or impl- implementation of something, but also for being able to educate other people. Oh, I mean, I think that's that's where most of my consuming comes from. It's not even necessarily for myself. It's like, oh, how can I do this for myself? But how can I also spread this to the masses that I have access to? Yeah. Right? I, so. A hundred percent. And so I know for myself, it's easy to fall into that trap of taking in all these different ideas or strategies or protocols or habits, whatever you want to call them, and then not actually doing any of them or doing them so infrequently or so erratically that they don't really serve a, a lot of purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something I definitely have to put myself in check with. But I think before we go too far down that, uh, that road, let's just talk about plain nuts and bolts. What are the difference? What do we mean between the difference between education and implementation? I mean, it seems like it should be pretty self-explanatory, but just for the sake of, of being overly clear, yeah. uh, how would you differentiate those two things? I mean, to me, education is like the thing. Whatever it is you're learning, consuming, reading about, right? And implementation is doing the thing. It's the right? act, right? Yeah. It's exposure versus the act. Yeah. Right? Exposure to an idea or a concept or a practice. You see someone else maybe on social media or a friend um, or you're reading an article, or there's something on the news yeah. about, you know, whether it's this, you know, new keto thing that's really not that new, but, uh, or, hey, meditation, again, seemingly new age, quotation <laughs> marks, but it's been around for thousands and thousands of years, um, and, and so there's there's that, it's exposure, right? Yeah. It's, you, you get this input, and maybe it's interesting, maybe it's new or novel, um, Perhaps you've heard a little bit about it and you just dig into it and you start to try and understand what it is and, and how it can play a role in your life. And that's vital. I mean, that's the first step toward yeah. uh, making some of these changes. And you mentioned before, it's a large reason that a lot of people reach out to a coach, whether it's yourself or anyone else. Um, it's a large reason that we've reached out to professionals uh, to help us, yeah. and whether it's you know with our profession, our own personal health, whatever it yeah. might be. Um so yeah, the, the education part is that exposure, and the implementation is the act. It's doing it. It's yeah. it, how do you integrate this into your life? Not just try it out a couple of times, yeah. and then say it didn't work, or uh, or do it so infrequently that it doesn't carry a ton of value to it, or it feels so forced or unfamiliar. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really a great way to separate those two is exposure versus the act, right? Yeah. And I think it's important to also like recognize that just because you've educated yourself or learned something doesn't mean you need to implement it, right? Oh, so yeah. like if you decide that it's not something that's going to be valuable or you 
just legitimately know like you're never gonna be carry through with it and it needs to be something that's done consistently like knowing like having people walk away today understanding like just because you've taken the time to learn something doesn't mean it actually needs to become a part of your life that's a really i love that point it's a really interesting and great point because again I want to make sure that when we're on these episodes that we're relating it to, to our human experience, to the experience that we hear about from the people that we engage with, whether it's clients or family members or friends or colleagues. Um, but I think that's oftentimes, I know for myself, a difficult thing to digest is like, you know, we'll, put it, we'll take it outside of the spectrum of, you know, health or like nutrition or exercise. Let's look at education, like formal education. Right, you and I have talked many times. Like, ah, I'm sure glad I'm still paying off student loans for this degree that I didn't use. For, well, I used <laughs> for five. That's not true. We used it for five years. Um, but rather than thinking that way, it was it was an exposure to a a profession, to a train of thinking, to a series of skills that we built during that Absolutely, time. Absolutely, that it, I think we've carried through. I mean, has helped us own a business, 100%. be better coaches. Yeah. It also, it, I think it's easy to forget about the value in learning what is not going to work for you, which is kind of what you were saying before. You, yeah. you learn about whatever this this new habit is, this lifestyle skill or nutrition skill or style of working out, and maybe it looks interesting and really cool and you're drawn to it, and then you start doing it, and you realize, like, man, this this doesn't work for me. For whatever reason, whether mm-hmm. it's logistics within your life, budgetary constraints, time, what you know, whatever the thing is that that doesn't allow you to to be able to implement it, it's a lot easier to start to check off the boxes of what you don't need and eliminate mm-hmm. Absolutely. than it is to try and take everything on and cobble it all together into the these series of things that you feel like you have to do because you learned about them. And yeah. if you're not doing them, then you're not, you know. Then you're somehow letting yourself down, or you wasted your time in your yeah. past. That time's gone. Um, and, you know, and our our buddy Brian Costello, I just saw uh, him put something up about uh, a podcast talking about why he let his CrossFit Level Three certification expire. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think things like that are a great example. I mean, how much money is spent in this in health and I fitness? I mean, you you did that. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean. Frankly, I let most of my stuff expire, and part of it is it served a purpose, and it got me to an educational point. And there's there's information that because a piece of paper expires, you don't lose that. Right. But does the value of having that credential still serve you? Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. It's nothing to say that you should let all your credentials expire. It just kind of depends on what you're doing with yourself professionally and where you go. But that doesn't mean that having gone that course and taken that you know what whether it's continuing education credentialing or you know trying out an elimination diet for a month or two or trying a new style of of working out or practicing meditation for two months and if you decide like man this this didn't work for me you know and you can chop that off the block stop wasting your time learning about it unless you're just interested in learning about it you you know because it's interesting sure Um, i mean most of the the most successful people you see out there are People that have made their habits as simple as possible, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, 
wearing the same outfit every day. It's eating the same breakfast every day. It's do, doing things like that where, like, maybe that's not realistic for the everyday person all the time, but, like, making those things as easy as possible, right? Talking, you know, going back to, like, James Clear's book, you know, Atomic Habits, looking at, like, how do you make good habits easier? How do you make bad habits harder, yeah. right? Like, eliminate as many steps as possible to get it to be a good habit that, like, you can do every day and then put more roadblocks in the way to a bad habit. You yeah. know, so it's, it, I think that that's a really good point about like trying to look at where you can eliminate the waste, right? And the things that just aren't serving you. Yeah. And, and I think I want to make sure that we drive home during this little chat that there's nothing wrong with education. In fact, I, I wildly encourage everyone to continue to learn about a variety of things forever. The longer you do that, the more connected you stay to the world around you, the more interesting you are to talk to, mm-hmm. right? Because you yeah. have some ideas <laughs> that maybe people haven't heard of before. And you never know when you stumble upon something that ends up being really valuable. Uh, you know, I've mentioned personally before on, on some of our interviews and just in conversations with clients and friends that deciding um, about six years ago now to step away from our business and go work as a program manager at a, a nonprofit, that put me in a position where I, I got out of this kind of singular rut that I was mm-hmm. in where all the education, anything that I knew about or learned about was in this really narrow focus of fitness and exercise. And outside of that, I wasn't I wasn't really growing or learning a whole lot in any other avenue, not just professionally, but yeah. even personally. And because I was self-conscious and this kind of speaks to there there is some value to having a certain degree of shame or embarrassment or anxiety or nervousness around things because it 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 should be some insight into maybe uh something you need to change or address and for me i was going into this world and into this profession where no one gave a shit about you know how fast i could row a 5k (laughs) or what my last clean and jerk PR was like that it was so irrelevant that there was I needed something else to be able to bring to the table yeah and my a large percentage of my job was meeting with people and giving presentations and talking and schmoozing and you know buying coffee for people like this sort of stuff where I needed to have something to talk to people about other yeah. than exercise and um you know because of that I started reading again I started listening to podcasts which led me to meditation and journaling and led me to um, looking at like plant medicines. It led me to looking at um, different approaches to physical training and different mindsets around it. It really opened up my eyes to a lot of stuff. And I think everything that I've exposed myself to since that point, I don't do every day. I don't even recommend all of it to people. Um, But it was it was such an interesting time for me to learn about all this stuff. And I feel like the world really opened up. So I, I, I don't want it to come across as education bad, implementation good. The, I don't think you can Im- implement without educating, at least a little bit. No, you need to understand what yeah. you're doing and why. And like or what at the least you should is. try to. You yeah. know, so I mean, maybe not in, in, in great detail, right? Intricate yeah. details, but you need to at least understand why are you doing this thing? Like, why are you consuming this amount of yeah. water every and day? And hopefully or... it's more than like, well, it worked for my mom, so I should probably do it too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I think, again, just to drive that point home, like educate yourself. 
learn, expose yourself to people who live a different life than you, who grew up differently than you. Um, listen to the person who argues against the thing that you believe in, right? Whether that's mm-hmm. your philosophy on fitness or nutrition or relationships or work, uh, any of those sort of things, it's really valuable, not necessarily to change your mind, but just to understand perspective and to be able to communicate better. I really, really encourage people to continue to do that. Open your mind up to these different things. Expose yourself to novel ideas mm-hmm. and people who you may deem as weird or you know like you just don't really agree with anything they have to say and see if you can do it in a way where you can walk away with some insight and even if it doesn't shift your perspective which it might but if it doesn't you at least start to understand where that person's coming from why it works for them you know why why their ideas may be applicable to someone else yeah. right well it's just practice being a, a good human too right like that we can all coexist and not agree <laughs> Oh, 100%. I mean, that's, that seems to be an idea that is very foreign to a lot of people right now that, that we like, we all need to have this like monoculture idea of how life should go. We all have to believe in the same thing and do the same thing and say the same thing. Like, uh, otherwise you're my enemy. Um, so no, that's, it's a hundred percent accurate that it's, it's part of just trying to be a better person, um, and, and improving your own human experience as well as the experience of those around you. Yeah. Right. So Education is our exposure. Keep doing it. Keep learning. Keep presenting yourself with new ideas and experiences as much as you can. What happens when we land on that thing that seems to resonate or it seems to be a good idea? It's interesting to a level that I want to know more. I want to try it for myself. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that next step, which is our implementation and how we can more successfully take some of these ideas and actually enact them into our lives, whether it's for a short period of time to try it out and really kind of do an N equals one experiment on ourselves and be like, does this, am I getting all the bang for the buck that I've I've been promised? Um, Let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, I think going back to making it as simple as possible, right? Where does it fit as easily as possible into your current life, right? So, um, I mean, Give me an example. So... If you want to meditate, right? Um, where can you fit it in? Can you sit on your mat after your workout for 10 minutes and do some stretching and also meditate? Um, can you do it in your car before you go into work or in your garage before you go into the house after work? Um, where, where can you easily fit it in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it shouldn't be something that is difficult or consuming or it's never gonna happen. Um, I like the concept of habit stacking a ton. So looking at a habit that you're already doing and then adding a new habit that you'd like to start doing behind it. So like, uh, for example, if you turn your coffee pot on every morning and you want to implement some breathing techniques, you can say, after I turn the coffee pot on, I will stand in the kitchen and do five deep belly breaths. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's something that's all already automatically happening. Um, and then you're right after you do that thing, you button it up with something you'd like to start doing. Yeah, so. and, and I like that you that you that you gave the example with the habit stacking of something that's kind of automated and and tactical or, or tactile rather. Yeah. Uh, in your morning, so actually physically flipping that switch on the coffee pot, it clicks or it beeps or it does something. 
you know, for me, it's, it's turning the water on on the stove to boil water uh, to make my coffee in the morning. And it, it is, you're right, it's, it's nice because it's almost a Pavlovian response, right? Where you just, I hear the click of the flame, it goes on. I'm like, okay, water's boiling. I know I have, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes until that's ready. So what a great time for me to sit and do some breath work or meditation versus right. scrolling on my phone, what it's standing there watching water boil, you know, whatever <laughs> yeah. the case may be. So I think if you're going to use that technique, I really think it is valuable that there's some sort of auditory and and or physical cue with whatever that first thing is that you did, right? right. That you turned something on, there was some sort of a noise, it was, it was something that you did, and it's something that happens relatively yeah, I mean, turn off your alarm. Turn off your alarm clock, get out of bed, do 10 down dogs right or whatever yoga flows right like yeah. you know it's it's uh, yeah i think that's a good point like something physically turning on turning off you know flushing the toilet as soon as i flush the toilet i go do whatever yeah. you know um yeah i like that well and when you think about our senses you know this our our sense of hearing and our sense of smell tend to resonate really deeply with us without really necessarily recognizing it, right? Isn't it? Didn't Disney World make a big oh, they, uh, they profit pump, off this by pumping the popcorn smell out? Oh, yeah. Right? Makes um, you happy and hungry. And, yeah. So it it's a, goes into a little bit of almost biohacking and understanding your your responses that happen on an automated level, the, the things that you're not really thinking about. They just, yeah. you just have a tendency to respond in a certain way. And yeah. a lot of times, attaching that to a sound or smell um yeah. or physical action is going to be really helpful and i like that creating those the the wordage in your head too so if you say after i brush my teeth i go and journal like it, it's a i concrete after i do this action i always do this action mm -hmm. right so it's just the next thing in the order of habits that are happening well and i think making that um, that agreement with yourself, that mm -hmm. kind of contractual statement, writing yeah. it down. Uh, our friend Aaron from Mindful Medrock had something up the other day on his uh, Instagram page talking about a study looking at uh, people's willingness to be consistent and complete a certain number of workouts. And there's three study groups. One was just, hey, let us know when you work out. Mm -hmm. We'll track your consistency. Um, and the second group was given a, a lecture, I believe, is some information, some educational resources as to why it's important to do these things and how to implement it into your life, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And then the third group was given that same data. And in addition, they were instructed to write out a statement like what you're saying, like, I will exercise at least 20 minutes yeah. today. Yeah. At the start of their day. And the people that did that, that were in that last group, were exponentially, I believe it was like three times more likely than the next closest number to yeah. actually be consistent with physical activity and with exercise. So there's, there's a lot of these little tricks that are out there. And I don't want to throw them out as if they universally work for everyone because they don't they some people they just don't resonate with well and i think but it's worth trying yeah i think you need to also understand yourself as a person i mean a lot of the people we that come to us specifically for coaching you know quoted from their mouths i know i need external motivation or external accountability to get these things done mm -hmm. right so 
Um, I think understanding your, your personality and your self is really important when it comes to implementation. Do you need it to be a visual thing that you read on a whiteboard every single day? Do you need an alarm on your phone that literally tells you to drink water every hour? Like, yeah. at least in the beginning. Do you need it to be a coach or a friend or a family member that texts you and says, hey, have you gotten your workout in today? You know, like, understanding what, at least in the beginning, what you might need to kickstart some of this implementation. Yeah. And for someone who's brand new to it, maybe you don't know. Sure. So then it might just be trying to look at other areas of your life. What do, what do I typically respond well to? What kind yeah. of drives me? Yeah. Am I... Am I pretty internally motivated or am I pretty externally motiva- motivated? Maybe you've never even considered these things. Sure. So a lot of what you were just saying about having that accountability piece, it ties into human connection, it ties into community. And I think a lot of times, because we're starving for that in general, um, in, in our culture right now, and we have been for quite some time, sure. I think that people have found themselves being drawn to things like certain fitness communities or certain nutrition mindsets and it's comforting because you're in this group of people that are all have this kind of shared vision and mindset and they're Mm -hmm. supportive to you and they hold you accountable the where that becomes problematic or you just need to recognize it is are the parameters the principles of that group do they actually align with you Right? You and I owned a CrossFit affiliate for seven years or so before we de-affiliated and, um, and made our transitions for our business. Um, and it was interesting to watch people come in the door and have a certain expectation when they came in, get some information from us, get a little bit of training under their belt, mm-hmm. and their perceptions and their values and their priorities would start to shift. And I don't necessarily think that's bad maybe it's fine maybe they just hadn't really thought about these other things right but when i would see someone come in who's overweight and on you know a couple medications and stuff and and their whole thing is i just want to be healthy i want to lose 30 pounds or 40 pounds i'd love to get off of this this uh blood pressure medication whatever it is that you're on right um i have these real health oriented longevity oriented goals yeah right then they're a part of, of our community for a while, and we were 100% uh, complacent in allowing these shifts to happen and not necessarily recognizing them at the time and seeing them as, as just kind of like, oh, this is good that this person who wanted to lose 40 pounds now doesn't give a fuck about losing 40 pounds. They're still the same weight they were when they came in. They're stronger. They're a little bit faster. Their aerobic capacity is picked up, but... They're still crushing beers and pizza on the weekend. They don't really rest well. Um, they're training high-intensity stuff all the time. And so they're, they're kind of beating their body down from all angles. And now their goals have shifted to, well, I want to be able to clean and jerk a certain amount of weight. Or I want to be able to do a pull-up. And, and there's not anything, again, inherently wrong with performance-based goals that evolve over time, especially if, you know, maybe you've never used a barbell before and you start going to... Yeah you know, classes that involve that, and you're like, oh, this is a cool thing. I'd like to get better at it, right? But what's odd to me is that how many times, or I guess the question would be, how many times have people had a certain 
expectation of themselves, a certain parameter of goals and things that they wanted to accomplish coming in the door of a gym like what we used to own. And then all of a sudden, because this culture and community has different priorities than them, they assimilated their priorities to the culture versus surrounding themselves with people who support what they need and want. Right. And I think it's a, it's a really, really fine line to walk because there is value in learning those new things. Oh, I I do want to get better at this thing. Right. But there's also, and it plays off that thirst for connection and community and belonging. uh, Sure. I think it comes from top down. So I think that's one of the main reasons we shifted away from that was because we couldn't, I couldn't sit back and watch someone that needed to lose 40 pounds and get off blood pressure medication solely focus on their clean and jerk right and not care about the, the right and not care you know yeah. not care about those other things and like i couldn't sit back and just let that like not ever talk to them about like maybe you should get more sleep or you know once you know you know as a good leader i think you know you yeah. so well and pretend um, like it's cool to, 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 pre- right. to go otherwise and right and it's not even to to bash like let's you know let, let's take responsibility here like we cultivated that culture uh and for a long time especially when we first opened we were people would come to us and be like oh you guys are like the heavy crossfit like yeah here, today we're doing you know deadlifts and ring handstand push-ups like we're doing you know 350 pound deadlifts and ring handstand push-ups for the rx version of the workout this whole i this whole I was nonsense ne- i was never doing that <laughs> <laughs> there was a point in time i'm not doing that anymore but um the but this whole we we went ahead with that idea of program for the best scale for the rest and it I think what drew me to it was this idea that people tended not to challenge themselves physically at least in my experience outside of the bubble of the people who I had served with in the military uh, or competed in MMA or anything like that outside of those bubbles general population most people didn't do a lot of stuff to really physically challenge themselves Mm -hmm. so I loved the fact that they came to our gym and I'm like no you're gonna pick up heavy shit and fucking throw it around. You're going to work hard. You're going to breathe heavy. It's going to be challenging. I think there is value to that. Yeah. Um, but we, like many other gyms, we the application was way too much, right? We, we gave way too much of that stuff. And so, and then the, the, we got a little bit of a sidetrack here, but like the things that brought people in in the first place went by the wayside. Yeah. And, and in a lot of cases, that was individuals' health that got overwhelmingly worse as a result of coming to our gym like they got stronger and faster but they also got hurt more didn't improve any of their their health markers in terms of body composition and blood work and those sort of things i think and bringing it back to what we're talking about today just you know understanding that how do you implement what you what brought you there in the first place right Right. i think that's what you're trying to say is like you came in the door looking for this thing and there's nothing wrong with going to a crossfit affiliate there's nothing wrong with going to a burn boot camp no and anything, there's nothing wrong anything with trying tra- an elimination diet or doing any of these things they're all but understanding the why behind your why you're doing it yeah and and does it really matter to your and life? sticking to it yeah should the tide change yeah. so should you come in the door with this one idea of what you want to accomplish and then you're looking around and the culture is pushing everything in a different direction do you have the wherewithal and the awareness of your own priorities and the own your own goals and things yeah. that you want to accomplish to stick to the things that serve that versus 
going with the flow and letting yourself be kind of swept away by the tribe. And, yeah. and now you're along for their ride. And the hilarious thing about it is 80% of the people in that group don't want to be on that ride. <laughs> but they're all going. Yeah. Right? Like, and, and we see that everywhere. And so, again, let's without getting too far off track, we bring it back to implementation. One of the valuable things in being able to actually implement stuff is really sitting down with yourself. And whether you're writing it or talking it out with someone or working with a coach and identifying what the what the drivers are behind yeah. whatever you're trying to do, whether it's adding a meditation practice, whether it's going to counseling to work on your relationship, a new exercise program, whatever that might well, be. Why are you doing this? How and is it can it fit in And is your it life? something you really think is important or is it something you just think you should be doing? Someone told you it's important. Right, right. Yeah, my friends are all doing paleo, so right. I should do paleo yeah. too. Like, and... Again, I don't want this to come across as anything. It's not disparaging towards any of these things that you want to pursue. It's just recognizing, are you pursuing it for yourself? Are you pursuing it because you're being pressured from a community, from a culture, from family, from friends, whatever, that this is the thing that you need to do? When we look at marketing around fitness in particular, like it's really easy to pick on some of these things because they're just so blatantly like obvious the way mm-hmm. that they do this. It, you look at as the popularity of specifically CrossFit grew, there was this wave that's now out there of just everything's high intensity. Everything's pushing like fast, do this. It's it's hit workouts, blah, 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 all these things. And a lot of it is being done with a, a fundamental lack of understanding of what that actual type of training is, how to implement it correctly, who should be using mm-hmm. it. Um, why they would use it and it's just because it's hard and it feels challenging and sweaty and, uh, and there's an endorphin rush and all this other stuff that happens right we equate it with being good back to your point about wanting immediate results yeah and when we look at implementation one of the things that we need to have a hold of is <clears throat> is how sustainable is this effort so well, I mean that on one back side to... you have people being marketed to that this is the way for you to get fit yeah, is to like beat yourself in the ground every time you go in there. But then if you take a, a step back and take a logical approach to this, I know we've had these sort of conversations with clients a lot where it's like, do you think that a professional athlete trains and every practices day, yeah. at 100% every day? Yeah. And they're like, well, no. It, quite the opposite. Yeah. Maybe once a week on game day. Everything else is walkthroughs. It's very, like It's strategic, right? So why on earth would you, Sally Soccer Mom, need to come to the gym six days a week and smash the shit out of your body in order to get results. You will, and this is the tricky part, right, with implementation. If you do that, a lot of people will get results right away. Oh, sure. And that's why it's fun to share I mean, those look, results. Look at now after CrossFit's been around for, what, 10, 15 years at this point? Like, yeah. all these CrossFit athletes that are coming out. You have your Sam Dancers, your people that are coming out with, like, yeah, I was a great CrossFit athlete, but I have wild hormone dysfunction now yeah or i'm trying to get pregnant now that i'm 32 you know after 10 years of crossfit and i can't right like so i and it's yeah. not, again it's not a bash on those things no, it's no, just no, it's no, recognizing it's just... and I, I i think using fitness is a really easy clear example of how sure. implementation can go awry and you look at something like okay in terms of having it on your schedule 
blocking that time out, making an appointment, great. It's really easy to do with going to a gym, um, especially if it's a group fitness, it's there. Like there's more accountability in your peers that attend the class. There's accountability, hopefully, with the coach that's leading it. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of real positive things that will help you to implement that movement practice into your life. What ends up happening for a lot of the options that are out there, especially the ones that are kind of more well-known to the general public, is the sustainability of that implementation is in question, Yeah. right? Do we believe that it's better to train our asses off for three or four or five weeks at a time, need to take two or three weeks off, and then come back and train for another two weeks and then take another week or two off because we're hurt or sore or whatever and have this kind of up and down throughout the, the lifetime of our training? Or do we think it would be better to have a consistent movement practice that allows you to be physically active in some way, shape, or form every day and you do that all the time, barring any sort of, well, sure. you know, random, you know, you're yeah. sick or you're traveling or something. like. The, the obvious answer, and this goes back to education versus implementation, when you ask people that question, universally, they're like, well, yeah, move every day. Okay, so you, like, and I think But they this also is, think it's move hard every day. Sometimes. A lot of them. Sometimes. Yeah. People do. I don't, I don't know if that's everyone. Um, but, but it goes back to this idea of differentiating education versus implementation. People know that they need to be physically active. People know they need to eat healthier foods. They may not know exactly. They have different definitions of what that is. They know that they need to do that. People know that they need to de-stress and unplug from technology. They know that they need to cultivate meaningful relationships with other uh, other people in their lives as well as uh, meaningful purpose for themselves, whether that's via their career, their hobbies, et cetera, et cetera. We know these things. You've alluded to it before on other um, podcasts where you've said, you know, you have the tools we, ha I, we also have the understanding. Sure. So where we fall short is this implementation. When, you, when we look at that, we need some things, like you said, it needs to be easy and yeah. visible, right? Tying it to other habits, that habit stacking is a great tool. I think sustainability, right? And there's obviously no way to know for sure. There's no certainty tied into like, yes, I can definitely do this the rest of my life. But if you're starting something out and it, doesn't seem reasonable on day one well, that you're it, gonna continue doing that, it's probably not gonna happen. And it should generally be enjoyable, right? Like maybe you don't love every minute, like we've in instituted some fasting, right, recently. <laughs> on our longer fasting days, like I get to that 19, 20, 21 hours and I'm like, yeah, I, I don't love not eating right now. <laughs> but like at the end of all of it or day to day, I like the what the changes my body has made. I like the way I feel. I like my relationship with food. I like that I was able to indulge for a few days over the holidays and come back right, pretty much right to it. Um, so it should be something that like eventually, even if you don't enjoy every minute of it, like you see the benefits of it so in some it's, way, shape, or form. Yeah, you know, and like, it's not a chore every minute. Right. right. You're not going to enjoy it. It's similar to a relationship, right? There's no, or a career. This idea, and I know for myself, I'm a little bit older than you, Melissa, but um, I'm pretty sure you got the same lecture growing up that this idea of, you know, choose a profession that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I, I've, since becoming an adult, I've looked back on that statement and I just, I hate it. I think it's stupid because it's not true. 
even if you love what you're doing, there's going to be shitty days. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard. There's going to be challenges that you didn't foresee that seem maybe impossible to overcome or you just can't figure them out. Right? All of those things will come to fruition whether you love what you're doing or not. The difference is how often is that stuff happening and is the juice worth the squeeze? Right. Is, is it meaningful and purposeful enough for you to do it? And it's the same thing with any sort of implementation of a health habit for personal growth or your own personal health is is what you're doing going to fundamentally change your life in a way that you want it to, mm-hmm. right? So if someone if someone wants to start exercising because they want to be able to be more physically active and capable with their children and go outside and play with them and do, you know, go go on hikes and various activities and stuff like that, it, does that actually serve that person to train so hard that they're sore and hurt and beat up all the time to me those two things are at odds right right and and again it's nothing against training hard i love it It, i've spent a lot of my life pushing myself physically in ways that were oftentimes not great long term for my health and that doesn't even that doesn't matter so long as you're doing it in a way where you accept and understand what you're doing um, prior to the pandemic, I got back into uh, Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. And I said to you a bunch of times, like, this isn't good for me. <laughs> I'm almost 40. I'm, now I'm, I'm feeling what it was like when I was 19 in training and beating up on 40 and 50 year olds. Yeah. And, and they were like, take it easy, young buck sort of thing. And now I'm, I'm the guy who's like, take it easy. <laughs> it fucking hurts. <laughs> right? Like, I... And I, so I understand that from like a health perspective and, and how I feel, it's kind of counterintuitive. Like if I'll be a little achy, I'll be sore, my joints kind of hurt a little bit. But man, I love the challenge of it and it's worth it to me. And there's there's physical human contact that I think that we need in there. I mean, it's you know, you're basically like hugging another dude for an hour when you're in there, right? Like it sounds weird, but it, that's what it is. There's this like, there's this struggle and there's this, there's a... a a brotherhood, especially if you're going to a good school, where you're not actually trying to hurt one another. Right. You're trying to make one another better. But there is pain involved. There is struggle involved. There is frustration, right? There's people that are better than you. I mean, that was one of the best things that I got out of starting to do martial arts, when, getting into jiu-jitsu and MMA when I was younger was, you know, I walked around kind of thinking I was Billy Badass just because I like to yeah. get in trouble and getting into fights and stuff like that, and then going in and training and getting the shit kicked out of me <laughs> by people who I would, on first glance, be like, ah, this guy's I mean, nothing. I think, right? like, I, I think that jujitsu is a perfect, like, physical representation of what we're talking about today. You're learning technique, and then you're learning how to implement it, and there's going to be struggle. There's going to be someone trying to stop you. There's going to be, you know, like, you know, yeah. and... I love that connection. Yeah. There's going to be hurdles, right? Um... Yeah, and I think that you, you look at that, and my point with that was, does that serve my health and my goals and priorities of wanting to be able to, like, run around and play with the girls? Not necessarily if I'm, if I'm like, a little sore and beat up for it, but it serves as a mental challenge, right? It's a learning experience for no. me. It's a connecting experience for a community. It's something that I enjoy. So having something hard and physical in your life, it, but it was very much about finding balance there. And so my frequency of going during the week was not what it was when I was a younger man. 
five, six times a week was the normal when I was younger. Three was good <laughs> before yeah. pre-pandemic without it without it negatively impacting the other things that are important yeah. to me. So I think it's it's valuable to point out that like we're also not suggesting that you take things out of your life that you enjoy. If you enjoy going and getting after it and at a CrossFit class or running a Spartan race or um, you know doing a, a, some sort of really hard trail run or like whatever, Ironman, all that sort of stuff that's really physically hard fucking a do it go rocks all that sort of stuff like do those things challenge yourself do it in a way where it's not a coping mechanism for you to escape from the rest of your life and do it in an intelligent way where the price that you pay for admission it doesn't take away from every other area of your life Mm -hmm. right where you're like oh man I, i work out so hard that i can't do anything else right i'm always in pain i'm always sore i my knee always hurts Right. And, and I think it's especially important, not that I think I would have listened um, when I was younger, but for some younger people to hear because you do have that that feeling like, well, I never feel that way. Well, Johnny, because you're 25, right? Like, And understand that you're going to, there's going to be a day of reckoning that comes if you just abuse the shit out of your body until you're 30, 35, 40 years old or all of a sudden shit just starts to break down. It doesn't feel good. And, it, and I'm yeah. speaking from experience, it's a lot harder to backpedal out of that and it sucks a lot more. There's a lot yeah. of things that I don't do anymore that I really love doing. It, I, I don't do them because it just, it the price that I pay for doing them now at this point in my life is too high versus the reward that I get sure. for doing them, right? And so when we look at implementation of things, that's a part of it. If part of the thing you want to implement is exercise and part of the way that you like to do it is a high-intensity group fitness class, whatever that is, the Orange Theory, Burn Boot Camp, you know, CrossFit Affiliate, um, think about frequency and what else you can layer with it. Maybe that means you go to your CrossFit gym twice a week and you go to... Uh, yoga studio two times a week you get to your local YMCA and you swim or uh, ride a bike or go for a jog one or two times a week and you just you find these other ways to fill the gap so you're sure. still active throughout all this time but it's not all the same thing again going back that might make you a more interesting well-rounded person you're also not beating down your body so much that this thing you're trying to implement to make you healthier and feel better is now is stopping you from yeah. reaching those goals, right? So when we look at implementation, we're looking at the ease of that implementation, so it's not a tremendous amount of work. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at uh, the longevity, right? The the Whether that means the frequency of it, how you, just basically the logistics of how it fits into yeah. your life, the yep. timing, what, what times of day do you have space to do this, um, how often do you need to be doing this thing, is that thing actually serving your priorities and your goals. Um, You mentioned connecting habits to other habits that you have already solidified. And I think there's a number of different things that we could bring to light here, but I think one of the other ones I want to make sure to add is that um, recognizing how many new habits you want to expose yourself to. I mean, so we mentioned before the education part – I love to like learn about a million different things and I'll get overwhelmed with all these ideas and I'm like, let's do them all, you know? Yeah. And one, that's not one thing realistic. At a time. 
Yeah. Right? Maybe it's more than one thing. I don't know. That's up to the person, right? Maybe it's two. It also might depend on what that thing is. Right. If one of those things is, I'm going to do five minutes of breath work in the morning and at night, and you want to add another habit in, like going to the gym, that's yeah. probably pretty well, easy. Well, I think it's how, how far you are from your current state of whatever that habit is. So, like, if you want to eat more vegetables and you only eat vegetables at dinner right now, it might not be that big of a deal to add lunch and breakfast in there. Right? What What do you think? This just kind of popped into my head. Um, what do you think the the most impactful or best advice, guidance, coaching that you got personally for being able to to implement positive habits in your life? Doesn't matter what it's around, whether it's around your your work or nutrition, exercise, relationships, whatever, whatever it's around. What, what was something that's kind of resonated with you, whether it came from a book or a coach or, you know, a podcast or something like that? Do you have anything that immediately jumps to mind? I mean, easy and obvious, right? Those are two things that, like, you, you set your environment up for success and you make it as easy and as obvious as possible. So, I mean, that could go with anything. So, I want to do more stretching at, you know, in the mornings. Leave your yoga mat literally at your bedside. Or um, I want to wake up and go to a 5 a.m. class at my gym. You know, lay out, sleep in your workout outfit. Or, you know, lay it out and have everything so you just need to get up and put it on, right? Fill your water bottle already at night. So all you need to do is walk out the door. Um, Or pre-pack your gym bag and put it in the trunk of your car so that all you have to do is, you know, drive there. Easy and obvious. Finding a gym that's on the way home from work. Right, literally, you pass it on the way home yeah. from work. It's not something that you need to go out of your way five, even five minutes, yeah. right? Because you can make excuses. If you're literally driving past your gym on your route home from work, like you feel like an asshole when you drive <laughs> past it, right? Like seriously, yeah. you know. So, looking at, you know, you want to eat healthier. Don't leave the bag of potato chips on your counter, right? Cut up vegetables, put them in a glass container, and put them at eye level in your refrigerator so that you can see them. So when you open the door, it's as easy to grab cut up bell pepper as it is to go get pretzels out of the jar. Yeah. You know? So those are two things that have really, I mean, I try to follow that for everything we do. Yeah. Easy and obvious. Yeah. And I think you layered into that with, with the obvious. It's kind of tied directly to structuring your environment. You mentioned a whole bunch of example, great yeah. examples of, of setting up your your environment so that it's it, it is obvious it is easy and they're I think what and I convenient. really inconvenient and, and yeah. I think what I like about the environmental changes that you can make that that help implementation is a lot of times it's one action right and now you mentioned things like you know putting out your gym clothes and your water and stuff for, to go to the gym in the in the morning and that's not one action that's something you got to do uh, every night or whatever right. uh, your schedule is but things like just moving around the the setup of your home, changing how you store things in your kitchen, right? Yeah. Where do you put I mean, the snack liter- food? I mean, literally you making like- yourself, like, there's examples I've read where, you know, if you want to practice your guitar more, and you, you've done this, where, like, you put it in an obnoxious place, like, literally the center of your living, you know, next to the couch in the living room. So, like, something where you're walking past it constantly, so you literally feel stupid if you're not it, it's so easy how could you not be doing it yeah right well that goes back to that there's a little bit of 
there's a, there's a degree of healthy guilt and shame about not doing the thing that you said you were going to do for right. yourself, and and, right. and having that visual reminder can be can be really valuable. And I, I mean, I know personally, I am an external. I, I do hold, I do keep a lot of promises to myself, and I've gotten a lot better over the years. But with all the the multitude of you know uh, personality tests we've done, I know that I am an upholder, so and an obliger. So I know that I will. If someone is programming a workout for me or asking, going to ask, you know, to look at my journal prompts that they told me to do or, you know, I'm more likely to do those things. Yeah. So, again, coming back to understanding yourself and your, you know, discipline versus motivation, you know, your personality traits there. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that we haven't talked about is, like, throwing this idea of motivation out the window completely. Like... I've heard r- references to motivation being like it, a drunk friend, like that at you know two a.m. They're like, "Yeah, I'll do anything with you. Let's fucking go!" And like, <laughs> and then you know when they wake up the next morning, they're like, "Yeah, no, I didn't agree to that." You know, so like really, like you get gung ho. It's yeah, it's January first, or yeah, I'm gonna try this new keto thing. I'm gonna throw out all my bread, and then two weeks in, you're like, "I just want a piece of bread," <laughs> you know, like. Um, so really understanding, like setting yourself up for success. Based and on being your disciplined. Well, and just, you know, your habits in general and, yeah. and all the things we've talked about, but getting yourself down to it's a disciplined action and routine as opposed to I need to wake up every morning and be motivated to go to the gym. Yeah. It's not a thing. It's not going to happen. And so when you talk about this idea of of ease and the the obvious nature of your setup, whether it's environment or how you structure these habits in your day, was that something that you stumbled upon from a coach from uh, reading from a podcast like where did you find I mean where did the, that resonate the most I guess it's probably something you've I've heard, heard a million a times places. but where did um, it finally like land Atomic Habits is a profound book if people haven't read that book that was I mean I think both from a personal perspective and being able to coach clients through per, like really good habit change mm-hmm. I mean that was that's a book that stands out you know tenfold to me Yes, I, it's, it's a great book. It's real simple, right? Um, and simple doesn't necessarily mean easy, but... No, but he breaks things down in a way that are very concrete and doable. Um, and I think that it, they're, they're actionable. It's, yeah. you know, and, it, and it's not just for a specific type of habit. Like, you could literally look at, like, I want to save more money. I want to lose weight. I want to eat better. I want to talk, be nicer to my children. I want, like, you could literally... Sure. Apply his his things to anything you want to instill and, and kind of create in your life. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great uh, that's a great reference. And again, if you have not read the book um, Atomic Habits, grab it. Uh, if you have, reread it. Why not? Especially uh, if yeah, you're struggling something... with not with not actually doing some of the things that are in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 that thank you, I appreciate that. Um, I think I'd like to give a response too, as far as something that was really impactful for me there's been a lot um but if i had to pick one it was something i heard from uh from sam harris on his i don't know if it was on an interview or um via his waking up meditation app but the idea of start again Mm -hmm. or begin again and it well i I mean and and james clear has a don't miss twice right it's the same the same kind of similar concept yeah i think what why it resonated more with me this idea of of start again or begin again 
for me personally, you go back to kind of personality traits. Um, I, I tend to be a, a rebel questioner. And, you know, we've talked about that before, that even when it comes down to something that I, a standard I set for myself, I want to rebel against my own ideas and, and uh, rules and <laughs> principles that I try and lay out for myself. Uh, so I think for me, it was really helpful if you're someone that kind of resonates with that. It was really helpful to accept this idea of starting again. Mm-hmm. And that if you're, you know, if I've been meditating every day, you know, for the last two months, and then all of a sudden I miss a couple days in a row, and now it's getting to a week, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I should do it. I do one, and then I miss again for like three more days. It, that can be kind of disheartening if you have this belief of all or nothing that you're either a success because you've been doing this Mm -hmm. consistently or you're a failure because you have not. And I think that whether I recognize it or not, that I, I, I looked at things that way oftentimes where I looked at it as like, well, you weren't able to keep doing this thing. So you must be a failure. You must be incompetent. You must not be able, you must not be disciplined enough to do it. And instead it just, I just recognize that I'm a person who falls a lot and I need to get back up again a lot Yeah. and it's okay to begin again. And there's a balance to be had even there with not excusing yourself for never being consistent with anything, but giving yourself a little bit of grace and wiggle room to say like, but you can do this. Mm-hmm. You've done it before. Yeah. It's time to start again. When I think coming back to the idea of like, there can be seasons in your life where things happen and don't happen. You know, like I don't I don't know if every habit that you implement needs to happen every single day all year. You know, and having some grounding habits that you can come back to and like if you feel off track or lost or overwhelmed, like maybe you don't meditate every single day, but maybe it's when I feel this way, I know that meditation brings me back. Yeah. So I I can start again. I can implement, right? Yeah. Um, no, that's a, that's a good point. And, um, and I think, again, bring, tying this all up and bringing it all back together, we talked about education. We talked about this idea of exposing ourselves to new ideas, concepts, different people all these sort of things in the world around us. And I think that's valuable and it's great to keep doing. It's also valuable to note whether or not you're just being overwhelmed by information that then you, you get this paralysis by analysis type Don't scenario. Don't consume just where you, to consume. <laughs> yeah, where, where you have all these ideas about stuff and, and this like a loose understanding of a lot of things, but zero action on any of them or very little yeah. action on any of them. Um, and so being able to be aware of why you're consuming something. Is it because you're interested in, in bringing that into your life or is it just because it's an interesting thing that you want to learn about and you're curious, neither is right or wrong. They're both fine. But then when you take that next step from education to implementation, it's important to recognize all the, the data that you've consumed that Mm -hmm. is just for curiosity's sake that you never really intended on, implementing in your own life and allow yourself to hold on to that and and know it and revisit it when you're interested to talk about it with people and then parse out the things that you came across that you were like wow this is really interesting to me and this is something that I would 
absolutely want to try in my own life. Now let's start to look at that list. Which yeah. one of these things do I want to implement or which two of these things do I want to implement? And then strategically figure out how and where the logistics of it, frequency, timing, all these sort of things, right? right? And that gets your implementation going. And as you mentioned, being able to set it up in a way that's obvious and simple, easy to do, right? Uh, as I mentioned, being able to be comfortable with falling and getting back up because you most certainly will at some yeah. point, yeah. right, with any of these habits. And the last piece may be reaching out to a friend, a colleague, a, hiring a coach, doing something along those lines to to try and help hold yourself accountable, even if it's just in the initial interim, those yeah. first couple months, right? And I think that's, when we, we look at the difference between those two, I think let's stop consuming, like you just said, consuming just to consume. Mm-hmm. Let's stop finding all this education that we don't actually use. And let's really try and take a step forward and say, what are like the big valuable things that I've learned out of all this stuff that I've consumed that makes sense to me. They make sense to my life. I mean, yeah. you told me about someone put up a, a funny, uh, a funny post about like uh, with parenting. They're like, I, if I hear from one more twenty-four-year-old about how I need to meditate for sixty minutes, twenty-four-year-old single person about how I need to meditate for sixty minutes and brew a from scratch matcha tea, try <laughs> latte, and fucking whatever dance around yeah. in my underwear for an hour. Like, but meanwhile, I have three kids ideal morning home. routine. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, there are certain things that will fit into different lifestyles, sure. and it's not to to downplay one person's no, life versus another, but it's just not realistic, right? <laughs> sure. I might look at something like that and be like, oh, my God. I mean, we have some friends. We have friends and colleagues that, like, live out of a van and drive around. They take beautiful pictures, and they're always doing cool shit, and, you know, they're just the either by, them, they're by themselves <laughs> or they're with their significant other, and that's it. And yeah. I'm like, well, that's that seems yeah. romantic and appealing in some ways, yeah. but probably not necessarily applicable, at least in the way that we raise our children now um it wouldn't make sense in our life at this moment but it is still something i'm really interested in i'm just i'll look at it i'll read about it i'll learn about it to a degree about how people do this but i'm probably not going to do it anytime soon yeah right and that's a great example i think yeah i think also to making sure that people walk away from this like not comparing their journeys to anybody else's as they're trying to implement Hmm. like there is just a lot out there with influencers on social media or in your life, wherever, where that like you're trying to implement something that they've taught you how to do or they're currently doing themselves and you're comparing your results or your journey to theirs. And it's not, that's not always the case. That's not always going to go as well as it went for somebody else or as quickly as it went for somebody else. So I think also like, keeping track of your own stuff and just being on your own journey and letting your experience be your experience as opposed to just because this person did keto and now has a six pack after nine months of keto and you don't, you know, doesn't mean you're doing it wrong or you should stop. But just, you know, understanding that your journey is going to be different. Yeah. Maybe it does. Who knows? Maybe it does. But and I, no, I think that's a great point. Um, you know, our, our friend, uh, Kurt is a great example. Him and I have talked before about um, like the sensory deprivation tanks, and I'm a fan personally. I I, um, I haven't been in a long time. I just got a couple gift certificates for for Christmas for my sister, so um, that inspired me to start scheduling those again. Uh, 
that's something that he, him and I talked about, and he's like, ah, I just don't, it doesn't really resonate with me. And he's someone who is deeply involved in mindfulness and being connected. Like, he, yeah. you know, but for whatever reason, that's just not something he liked. And for me, uh, I found it really valuable. And I, I find I found it almost like a condensed uh, version of meditation. Like I could get, you know, five days of meditation <laughs> into one sitting in there once I had, I had gone regularly enough. But it's a perfect example of it's. it doesn't mean that that thing, that skill or habit or behavior is necessarily good or bad it either applies to your life and works for you or it doesn't but you also have to give it a fair shot in order to to know and so then that's when it comes back to this these rules of implementation where if you make it easy if you make it obvious if you if it's consistent right it's something that you can at least you can envision longevity in it in your life and you said before you know, there's not likely to be a habit that you're going to sustain 100% of the time for the entire remainder of your life. That's fine. But if you can envision that, yes, this could be a staple in my life for the vast majority of the time, if if you're checking all those boxes, then give it some time to play out. Yeah. And you know what? 30 days, 60 days, 90 days later, six months later, maybe it didn't work out the way you wanted. Or maybe it worked out better. Who knows? But you don't mm-hmm. know that until you actually commit to that implementation in a way that allows you to, to know, like, are is it actually, am I actually trying it? Or did I just say that I tried meditation this year and realistically I tried to meditate 12 times in the last 365 days? Right. Right. And so right. Um, let's apply those things. Let's continue to educate ourselves and expose ourselves to one another, to new ideas, um, to different concepts about how we could improve ourselves and again not just I don't want to just be about our our nutrition and our fitness but just in general like personal growth and personal development Mm -hmm. our mindset our relationships all these sort of things Um, let's educate ourselves because there's a lot there's certainly a lot of things out there that we don't understand personally or globally as a a race um, that can be really impactful there's some really interesting stuff out there Uh, so continue to learn about it and when you stumble upon something that seems really intriguing and it seems like it makes sense for your life and you're drawn to it, then start to get to planning. How would this thing fit? How do you make it easy? How do you make it obvious? How do you schedule it in and remain consistent? And then the rest is just the act of doing it and, and recognizing changes that you see and whether they're the changes that you, that you set out to see or ones that have that have bubbled up to the surface as a result of being consistent you know and I think a great example you used was with fasting and recognizing uh, a difference in relationship with food which is not I would argue probably for a lot of people that start to play around with fasting is not necessarily always the top thing on their list as to why they're doing it right there's a bunch of different reasons and I think that's one that is really important but I don't think a lot of people generally look at that as a primary reason but man that could be a really powerful thing for a lot of people Mm -hmm. to stumble upon so it's just a great example of by implementing a habit consistently for a period of time you may find benefits that you never thought you were going to get out of it absolutely but all that stuff comes from the actual act of implementing whatever the habit is on a consistent basis for a period of time Um, so i think with that we're going to leave you guys today 
Uh, do you have any parting words for everyone? No, I think that was, Sweet that was cool. That was good. I like it. Awesome. <laughs> Guys, uh, I want to thank you again for joining us and listening to our human experience. We'll see you all next time.